Producing host. Yeah, I've recorded ours. I've got recording on my end now. Yeah, I don't want to necessarily record it, but I just want to know that that's so. If I'm if I'm controlling the meeting and I've got my guests on the other end, yeah, I can I can just record it. Yeah, yes, you can do that. And it, once you do, when the meeting comes to an end, when you sort of yeah. click end, it will automatically save onto your documents and things like that in both yeah. a video format and an audio format as well. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Um, right, well, I'll record a little bit of this. Oh, I request recording permission from the meeting house. Are you getting that through? Have you seen my request to record? Not yet, no. No, okay. I'm not over-worried because I'm okay. the one who will instigate it anyway. Let's yeah. see what the lighting's like. Can you see me now? Sorry, can you still see? Yeah, I got you, mate. Oh, okay, yeah. stop here. Yeah, just double-checking. Yeah. Yeah. And um, tell me a bit about yourself and what this is for could you yeah so um well i've just graduated with a musical theater degree um bit of an odd time to graduate with one actually with all the theaters shut but so i thought well you know what i've seen a few blogger theater bloggers sort of interview people you know and from the industry and obviously the panto podcast and things like that so yeah. I thought going into the new year i'd give that a go and yeah. see whether it kicked off. So last week I interviewed Damien Patton, obviously the nephew of the Chuckle Brothers. Mm -hmm. I interviewed um, Sarah Poyser from Mamma Mia. Wow. Um, and I've sort of known of you for ages through the pantos you've done, and I've seen bits of you on YouTube, but I've really enjoyed what you've done. So I thought Thanks, I'd man. sort of contact you. And so we go once we finished, we'll go into my YouTube channel. I've got a podcast called Stagey Dom. Um, all right, well, send me any links afterwards and then I, I can put it yeah, on my Yeah, of course. So I'll, I'll put it up onto Twitter. I'll tag you in it in that. And yeah, so far, it's gone so so far, it's gone well. I've got a good few amount of views on the ones I did for Damien and that. So good. people are watching it. And so, yeah. But yeah, it's just get to know about you and how you got into the industry and things like that. But, All right, yeah, so. tell me when you're, you're ready to go and we'll do it. We'll do that. So, yeah, um, first question, how did it all start? How did you get into the industry? Oh, how long do you have? <laughs> so, um, I was actually doing shows in my garden uh, with my friends for mum and dad and aunties and uncles and inviting people in, in the road to come and see <clears throat> circuses and shows or anything I, I could do. I joined church choir in Whipton and Exeter when I was, how old was I? I suppose about seven or eight. Then I became head choir boy. And whilst all this was going on, I was entering talent contests initially with my cousin. And when I was about nine or 10, my uncle gave me a banjo. My parents, no money, but found some money to give me some banjo lessons. And by the age of 12, I did my first paid gig. So uh, my first paid gig was Christmas Eve, 1969, playing the banjo, singing, you know, some West Country songs, the Adjutor and the Wurzels, old songs that my dad used to teach me. Uh, so that, that was the start of it, really. And I, I was playing pubs and clubs from the age of about 12. And I joined my first band at the age of 15, really small, uh, a little trio in a holiday camp in the West Country. 
And then from then I did an audition for a, a, a dance band. And it sort of went from there, bands first of all, then eventually going solo, then eventually adding comedy, and eventually getting into panto, which I'd wanted to do for years. Yeah. So that's just an obsess. Yeah. So how long have you been in the industry for now? What's... I'm in my 51st year. And where am I? 52nd? No, 52nd year. I'm in my 52nd year as a professional entertainer. Good. So um, over the years, have you, has the audiences changed a lot over the years in terms of their response to your sort of performances? And do they differ in different parts of the country in that? Well, I suppose, like we all have in life, I change at the same time as the audiences have changed, really. I mean, I, purely in terms of the sort of jokes I would be doing, what I would be telling in the late 70s, compared to what I would be telling now, would sort of go along with the enlightenment of, of prejudices that were revealed to people over the years and we gradually changed. The stuff I was doing in the late 70s, I wouldn't even think of doing now. Some I would, but some yeah. I wouldn't even look at. But then again, when I did them, the people that laughed at them then possibly wouldn't laugh at them now. Yeah. You see, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a metamorphosis, really. I mean, it's societal change, I suppose. And I've always been tried to do the stuff that's relevant. I'm, I'm not a topical comedian per se, but I always try and make it of of the time i suppose that's what we all do in life really this is a yeah. bit deep <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i've been looking at some of the people that you've worked with in panto and that and i mean you've yeah. worked with some incredible people i mean barbara windsor and people like that people i could only sort of dream of working with who has sort of been your favorite person to work with sort of looking back on the pantos that you've done who have you sort of really enjoyed well there's there's about three different strains of that really who have i enjoyed working with most of all who I learned the mouse from this is one of them this guy here wow yeah he's called brian burden yeah he's still around he no, he'd be a good guy to chat to okay uh he was he was like my second second or third dame second main dame that i worked with first name was a guy from bristol called adrian varco who's no longer with us and i learned loads from him um, and then I went into the, the bigger pantomimes. My first big pantomime, which I believe was in Croydon. Yeah. This guy, Brian Burden, was the dame. And I learned so much from him. He was a stand-up comedian. He'd been a dame for years. And his father was Albert Burden, who was um, a musical act. Yeah. And he gave Ken Dodd his first job in showbiz, wow. his dad yeah so there's there's a legacy that goes back there that might be worth investigating for you uh, so yeah i learned from people like that and um, and before i started working with the in inverted commas big names i learned from all the for want of a better phrase jobbing professionals that have been had been doing pantomime for a lot longer than i had i came to it fairly late really i'd always wanted to do it but i didn't quite know how to and suddenly I started off on a, on a touring panto and I was seen by some people that said, I think he should do the bigger pantos. And it went from there, really. I suppose, back to your basic question, who would be the most excited to work with anyone would have been Barbara Windsor. That, that meant the world to me. And, and the added joy that we were meant to work together 
a few years before that in Nottingham, she'd seen me on the Des O'Connor show on television, another great guy, much yeah. missed. Um, and she'd asked Jim Davison, who I was working for at the time, if I could work with her in the Theatre Royal in Nottingham. And uh, it was agreed that I would be her button since she'd be the fairy godmother in Cinderella. But then she was not very well. So couldn't do that one, but always said that should she ever do panto again, she would want me to be her lead comic. And when she came out of EastEnders, mm. um, she agreed to work for First Family, the company I was working with. And two of the main clauses on her contract were that it would be a brand new stage set. Yeah. And another clause was that Andy Ford would be the comedian. Huh. So I was actually on Barbara's contract and we became yeah. really good friends in my mind she'd always been my hero and, and I knew how lovely she was going to be and she was and yeah. we'd sit there in the dressing room before the show and <clears throat> even during say the interval and she'd tell me these wonderful stories about the carry-on films and people in the business and how she started and the year that I worked with her was her 60th anniversary as uh, a performer on stage she it was it was christmas eve actually yes it was she started on the same day that i got my first professional obviously a different year yes. but christmas eve yeah so we stood on stage together at the bristol hippodrome me celebrating i think it was 41 years at the time and her 60 and there is a video somewhere on youtube of us yeah, i've seen it yeah You've seen it, yeah. Well, what an occasion! My wife took that video, by the way. Oh, wow. What a wonderful occasion that was. So, Barbara, I miss her so much, and I'm still in contact with her wonderful husband Scott. Mm. And she was everything I wanted to be in show business. I actually felt like I'd achieved that whilst I was working on stage alongside her. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. this was Barbara Windsor, mm. and I'm here because Barbara Windsor wanted me here. So yeah. that, that was really special. I'd worked with wonderful people, David Hasselhoff, yeah. Henry Winkler, um, completely different personalities, but just so generous and warm. And uh, so I, I've been really lucky, mate. Steve McFadden, fantastic. And, yeah, I saw um, Steve in Panto a few years ago in Southampton when he did Dick oh Whittington, and he was, That's right. he was amazing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, we're really good friends, Stevie and I, and hopefully we'll get back to doing panto again soon. Work with Les Dennis this year, and the yeah. strangest pantomime I've ever done in my life is socially distant. And we ran longer than any of the pantos because the West Country were only, well, Devon was in tier two, mm. so we were able to keep going. And we only missed out on three days of our run. And Les was a joy and a mind of information about show business there's another guy you should speak to he, he and generous and warm and he was happy for me to give him ideas for gags just change it a bit see if that works better and he was giving the same back to me and it's such a joy when you get to that stage where you know people are giving you suggestions and advice because they want you to go better it's not better for them is better for you. And that's that's what I love about our business. Doesn't happen like that every time, but when it does, it's, you know, yeah. it's a joy. So what was it like sort of being back on stage after so long of being away from the theatre? I can sort of imagine that was a bit of an incredible sort of experience, especially doing it in such odd times. What was that sort of like? It was, number one, euphoric. <laughs> 
uh, just to be, even though the rehearsals were really bizarre and the seats were all um, six foot away from each other and we'd rehearse our bit, then put the mask on, go and sit down. So we were doing sort of a lot of conversations, read the show via WhatsApp and stuff. <laughs> because we didn't want to be breathing over each other. So it was, it was strange, but it was a wonderful theater. It was a wonderful cast. And I think the show really worked. I'm sure the audience, first of all, they were all spread out with Maso. I'm sure they, they realized that we were keeping our distance, but after a while it was so well choreographed mm. that I think you lost that, you forgot about that. And you just followed the pantomime. It was Robinson Crusoe. The story bore no relation to any Robinson Crusoe story I've ever heard, but it didn't matter because it was an adventure and it was panto and it was really funny. And there were some lovely sketches. I mean, we did a, um, what was she called? Shirley Shaw sells sushi in the sushi store and all that. So it was a tongue twister and we did it a three-hander Les, uh, Les Dennis, Connor McIntyre and myself. And because we had to socially distance, it's, where, it's how you use it. Les was on, he was stage right, Connor was stage left, I was center, but they were giving me instructions to tell the other one. So I kept going to one, then crossing, going to another. So we used the cross for comedy and yeah. we made the social distancing work. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like a, I suppose it's like a blueprint of if we have to do it in that style again, how it works. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we might get back to some sort of normality. Yeah. Last year, I did most of my shows online, you know, on yeah, yeah, like yeah. Facebook. You saw some. Yeah, there. I saw some of them, yeah. <clears throat> I just had to keep myself working, Dom, you know. Mm. I, ca I can't sit around and not create. I love my video editing. I love performing. I've got an idea to do a a Sunday night show coming up in a few weeks. So I'm working on that stuff. I've, I've got to have something to motivate me. And without the stage and the theater, it's difficult. So you have to go down a different route. But when I came back performing on stage, I felt like I'd still been working. I didn't feel over rusty, let me put it that way. Yeah. But first time you hear an audience laugh after six or seven months without, it's like, whoa. I am funny. <laughs> yeah. So you were doing Panto in Bristol for many years. I mean, it was sort of like the Bristol Hippodrome was sort of your home in that. What, but then you changed to a different company. You went over to Kudos and then you went with a different theatre and that. What was that like after being so long with First Family and in Bristol? Was it change sort of odd? Um, it, the, the company's views are fairly different. You know, both got the... The, the the positives and um, it was a joy to work but I had actually worked for Kudos before I'd worked for First Family so it was a little bit like going home and, and everyone welcomed me so much but um, I, I suppose First Family's main West Country venue was the Bristol Hippodrome and I did it for seven years whereas Kudos's main West Country venue was Plymouth and even if after they took on the First Family venues they'd still considered Plymouth. So that's where they, that's where they put me. And it was great because I'm a Devonshire boy. So to work in Devon was great. Um, I, I, I feel that the Bristol thing will come around again yeah. soon. And I, and, I'll, and I look forward to going back there when that happens. And also I'm happy 
well, I'm happy to work anywhere. <laughs> you know, we're performers. If, if you open the fridge, we do 20 minutes, you know what I mean? So I've, I've, been, uh, I've been very lucky with the pantos. I've done all over the country, London, uh, Milton Keynes, up to Doncaster, Sheffield, Bristol, Plymouth, everywhere, really. And audiences, panto audiences, just want to be entertained. They don't actually care where you come from. Just be funny and warm. Make the kids laugh. Make mum and dad laugh. Don't embarrass granny too much. So it, it, the format works nationwide. Good. So if you could do any panto, who would it be with and where would you do it? Right. Living or dead. Mm. Yeah, anyone. Living, dead, anyone. anyone. <clears throat> well, uh, top of my list would be Eric and Ernie because I, I grew up loving them. But how my comedy would fit next to two people doing comedy together, I don't know. Although they weren't lovely with Des, mm. but they were like Team Eric and Ernie v Des. So I don't think it would become like three people working together it would be two against one not that that that's a bad thing so in my in my mind that would be i think it would be eric and ernie as maybe <coughs> pc ping and pc pong although that don't work in cinderella which i love you but but those characters the fairy would be barbara the the baron or equivalent would be someone like uh, Henry Winkler, I think. Uh, Dame, well, there's so many great ones. There's Eric Potts, Brian Burden, Adrian Varco, loads. So um, any of the above, all brilliant yeah. dames. Uh, female lead. Let me just have a little think of this, because I've worked with some lovely female leads. I did really love working with Suzanne Shaw, you know, I thought she was yeah. a, a really lovely, talented and, and warm person in the lead. Boy-wise, oh, there's so many. I'd, I'd like to, <clears throat> I'd like to work with a current pop star in that role. Do, do you know, there's this thing about when you've done it for so long as me, you know, being so old as I am, you just want to <laughs> pass it on. Mm. You know, that's, I worked with the wonderful Simon Webb this year from Blue. Just the greatest guy. What a wonderful voice. But, and he wasn't doing much in the way comedy in the show, so I couldn't pass a lot on to him. But I'd throw ideas to him and, and he'd appreciate it. And he was he used to stand in the wings this year. That was a joy of Barbara. She'd stand in the wings and watch my comedy bits every night. He would do that to me this year and come off and say, oh, you're so funny, man. Um, so I, I, I like nice people. Those, maybe Tommy Cooper, I'm going off on tangent. You'll have to edit this, mate, because I'm just waffling. Tommy <laughs> Cooper would have been a joy. Les Dennis, you see, there yeah. again. I'd, I'd like to, I would love to have worked with Les Dennis the way I am now. And the way he was a few years back when he was doing lead comic, I'm sure we'd have bounced off his head. Maybe even a double thing. I'm interviewing Les soon for a, a show that I'm doing on a Sunday night. And, you you know, when you meet these people, sometimes you're in awe of them. But you know, when it clicks, I was, when I worked with David Hasselhoff, I'd written quite a lot of the material, the comedy material. 
and there was one bit that he didn't get. It was, um, I was doing Wind Beneath My Wings to him. Uh, he was singing it. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. I've seen it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, he was singing it, and I was doing the bits in between. Um, because I thought, play to his strengths, he's got a good big voice, and he's, the bravado's right there, and I could be silly, you know. You, you've got to do the right humour for the, the strengths of the person you're working with. It's no good me giving him a load of gags if that's not his strength. So his strength was to, to sing with passion, and, and I, he, he got the irony as well, and he was very playful. And I wrote a line in there where he sings, I couldn't fly higher than an eagle. And I said, or possibly a budgie. Right, exactly. So in rehearsals, he said, a budgie? What's a budgie? I said, a budgie regard. Is that funny? I said, it's, it's funny, David, and it will work. Well, I'm not sure. Anyway, we had the juvenile entertainers in one day at a rehearsal. You know, they, were, they sat down and saw what we'd done so far so they could catch up. And that line came up and I sang, possibly a budgie, and all the kids roared with laughter. And he just looked at me and went, and that was it. And, he, it, and then I felt like the trust thing went up from yeah. there. So you, you, when you work with people, the, the, uh, the objective is to get the best out of each other and not, you know, I've done this a lot more than you, so you just stand there and I'll be funny. No, yeah. you just have to bring, as a producer once said to me, and everyone will remain nameless in this, <laughs> some celebrities I was working with at the time, at, uh, I think this was just for a dress rehearsal, he said to me, your job is to make them two look good. Oh. He said it in front of them, by the way, which was like, oh, well, I mean, just say that. But he, w he was dead right. I don't mm. think he should have said it in that way. But he was, he was dead right that my job is not to say, look how much better I am and more experienced and funnier than everyone else. My job is to say, yeah, I'm funny, but look look how well we're getting on. And then he said something funny as well. Don't you love him as well? So it, it, it becomes like a, a team effort. And, you know, we still want to walk down on what we call who's best and, and, and get it. Of course we do. I mean, we wouldn't be in the business if we didn't want that. But ultimately, for the sake of career and for friendship, you want the whole show to work. So passing stuff backwards and forwards to make sure it goes well. And when you're on stage, not trying to outdo the other person, just enhance the whole show. Yeah. I, I think that stuff you learn. I, I like to think I was always like that, but maybe in the early days I was a bit more ambitious i don't know yeah maybe you know as you as you get older you sort of relax with it all a little bit so i'm really hoping that michael ball would do panto one day um because obviously elaine page did it a few years ago in london palladium and michael That's was into, yeah michael was interviewing her on his radio show and he was saying that if she enjoyed panto he would do it as well and she did enjoy panto so i'm sort of hoping that he'd have a go at dame one day Oh, I'd love to work with him. Yeah, that yeah. would be a joy. So he did Edna and, Edna and Hairspray, and I saw him in that, and he looks really good in that type of character. So I was sort of hoping he'd move over to do Panzer do Dame one day. I think he's yeah, and he's there. got a good sense of humour as well. I met him actually when I did the um, when I did the Royal Variety Show, and you might need to pick some of these names up now. But we were sitting around <laughs> in a pub, which was a green room next to the Apollo where the Royal Variety was. 
and I was chatting with uh, Jonathan Ross, Joe Pasquale, and Michael Ball. Mm. And we're all sitting around having a drink, waiting for the shaky, shaky hands with the Queen bit because the show was still going on. And he was he was just a joy. He was a lovely yeah. person. So that oh, I didn't know he was interested in that. Yeah, I was watching the interview he did with Elaine Page, and he was saying that if you, oh, uh, Elaine was like, "Oh, are you going to do Panto one day?" And he was like, "Well, if you enjoy it, I'll think about it." Um, but yeah, there were rumours that he was going to the um, Palladium the year after, but obviously Gary Wilmot sort of stepped back yeah, in again. Yeah, so. lovely Gary. I, I'd like to work with Dawn French. Yes, I saw. She, I know she did a Panto at the Palladium. Yeah, but um, she lives in uh, the West Country, I think Cornwall. Mm. So. Yeah, of course. That'd be, she'd be great to work with. Yeah, she was really good. Yeah, yeah. Was she good? You saw yeah, it? Yeah, I went, saw it. It was my first panther that played. I've never seen one before. And it was amazing. But um, yeah. She, they're she's, a lot ruder in London, really by the way. Pardon? The pantomimes are a lot ruder in London. Yeah, yeah. Julian, Julian Clary overstepped the mark a few times. Yeah, you sort of had to sort of bite your tongue a bit when he sort of said a few of his jokes. But yeah, but you know what you're you're gonna get. You go and see yeah. him, and he's he's fantastic. But in the provinces, you you don't, you know, it it can't be as as rude as that. Yeah, that. I mean, my local panto down in Newbury, it's so clean that they have to do an adult night as well. So I went to see the show I've last in 2019. Went to the normal show, clean as everything could be. Went back the day after, did the adult adult night, and that's when they sort with all you know all, all the middle aged drunk people in the audience and that um, they sort of some of the jokes they came out with. You sort of had to think, I'm so glad they didn't do that in the normal one. But they sort of kept the kids in the show as well. They didn't take them out, so you had these young sort of young kids come on stage while the gags were going on. Yeah, while the gags gags were sort of going on, and so I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> saying that in front of some sort of seven year old boy. They're like one of the seven-year-old boys come on stage dressed as a vicar with a bottle of wine in his hand. Um, like a seven-year-old boy walks on stage and one of the main characters looked at him and said, should you be drinking that at your age? And he's like, oh, no, 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 I shouldn't have been walked off. And I was like, oh, my God, really? Did you have to do that? Self-editing is a, is a wonderful thing. I, I did, when I did touring pantos, we would have, were perhaps sometimes do an adult show, but we'd sit down and say, all of that works. Maybe you put a couple of swear words in there so that it still, it becomes more street cred or whatever. I, I hate swearing on stage, brother. And, um, and then let's replace that gag with that one. But we wouldn't be doing it while there were kids on stage. <laughs> Holy mackerel. In fact, a lot of the touring shows, we were, were just a self, um, you know, a, a complete unit. And uh, we, we all got on the coach at five o'clock in the morning, drove to wherever we were going to do two pantos that day, unpack it all, set the show up ourselves, do two shows, pack everything back in the coach and drive to the travel lodge to get three hours kit before we did it all again. Yeah. Great, great learning process, but you, you know, you couldn't tour kids with a show like that. Yeah, good. So looking back over your amazing career, I mean, you've had a very long career. What are some of your highlights when you look back on it in years to come? Well, I hope there's a lot more to come, Dom. I know that. <laughs> the highlights, I'd say, uh, Royal Variety Show was obviously a big highlight and meeting Her Majesty, who enjoyed what I did, which is 
Yeah. Really good. Um, Barbara, obviously, working with the fantastic Barbara Windsor. This is only showbiz highlights because my wife and kids are at the top. You know. um, so, uh, right. Des O'Connor was so good to me. And I did um, his show about six or seven times, I think. So it's quite, you know, I was quite lucky to get that. Uh, so that was all good. Touring. Um, I mean, Panto has been the gift that never stops giving for me. I'm still a bit hoarse from this year. My voice is not particularly good at the moment. But, um, yeah, panto I, I love. And I look forward to doing a normal panto with normal amounts of people in the audience yeah. next Christmas. I, I know where it's meant to be. I've signed the contract. But I can't tell you until it's <laughs> that, that information comes out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, lots of highlights like that. And... I suppose one of the big highlights was the first year I did Bristol, 2009. Um, the theatre manager came backstage and said, do you fancy doing a stand-up show, your own show? And I went, yeah. So that, I think it was February or April or something like that, after my first year in Bristol. I think I sold about a thousand tickets. But I walked out on the stage and it's the first time in my life that it was my audience. Mm. The only reason they'd bought tickets was to see me. And I'd never had that before because I'm not a name name. I've done quite a bit of telly, but people, I'm the sort of actor people were saying, well, I've seen him somewhere. If you said Andy Ford to, to someone a few years ago, they wouldn't know it is, but they might recognize my face. But these people actually just bought tickets to see me. So when I came out, the rush of adrenaline was like, Whoa, these people are delighted because I'm here. So that's what that was one of the, the biggest highlights of my career, that realization that you mean something to people. Yeah. So what is it about Panto that you love? What do you like most about it? Because it encaptures everything that I believe in for comedy. Um, it's silly, it's um fantasy. Yeah. It's having an audience with no age group restrictions. And I like that. I, I was brought up to not, you know, never swear on stage. My mother would go absolutely mental with me. So, yeah, I, I think everyone can enjoy it together. Learning the skills, it gave me new skill sets, you see. Stuff like being able to tell a joke to adults that kids won't get but use your physicality to make the kids laugh at the same time, although they don't know what their parents are laughing at. Mm. So it's, it's those sort of skill sets. And I'm, I'm sure my stand-up performances have got warmer since I've done Panto. Yeah. So you, 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 you learn to work an audience, as I say, with, with all different age groups. And the warmth is, is the most important thing, but also... You, you learn the skills of breaking the fourth wall as you do comedians do in pantomime working with other people that was a biggie because i don't i'd always done solo stuff so suddenly just you know you look wait there i'm gonna be funny don't doesn't work in panto so learning to work in an ensemble situation was one of the joys of doing panto scared me first of all and 
I'm sure I was given advice to just pull it back a little bit, Andrew. We're all on stage <laughs> in the early days. So, yeah, but you know, life as well as panto is a learning process. And I probably still got more stuff to learn. In fact, when I was chatting with Les, I'd learned some bits I hadn't known before. And he said that the, some of the stuff I said to him, he'd never thought of before. So it's, it's that to and fro thing. I want to I wanna do it a few years to come and get, get better at it, <laughs> really. Would you ever play Dane? Is that something you'd like to have a go at? I keep saying no, no, no. And it came up again this year. Oh, right, okay. Les, Les reckons I could do it, and the, the producer was saying that I could do it. I don't, I've got to face up to the fact that I'm 63 now, so I can't be playing the silly yeah, you're 40. Oh, you're see, P- Please don't edit that bit out. I'm not, I'm not editing any of it, it's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I still love being the, the, the cheeky comic, and winding the dame up and all that sort of thing. <clears throat> but, you know, one day, I, I suppose I, mm. I'll have to put the frock on at some point. Well, it's, I always thought I'd maybe go into the Baron Hardup ro- roles yeah. that make them funny. But dame is, is quite a staple of Panto. And to be fair, if it's good enough for Les Dawson, mm. how can I poo-poo it? My wife won't be happy with this because she does, she does want me to play Dame. Well, I don't at this stage, but you know, maybe if I do it yeah. one day, I I got to do it different to everyone else. Mm. I've got I've got to make my Dame <clears throat> mine. I don't yeah. want to pick a a Dame voice that I've heard someone else do, or a, a Dame style of delivery that someone had to, it would have to be the ridiculous Andy Ford, but as Dane. Yeah. It's a, you know, hopefully it's a little way in the distance, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So is there anything that you haven't done in your career that you'd like to do? A film or anything like that, more TV? Is that something you like to do? Um, well, I've done bits on a couple of films. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd still like to do it. I'd like to a, ch- a chat show on telly. I would, I'd love the idea of that. Um, I I still like writing comedy very much. I enjoy writing comedy, and I like editing my little shows together and stuff. So, <coughs> pardon me. In my little, this is my little studio here. I I put all this stuff together, and but I don't know. Have you seen some of the um midlife, midlife crisis comedy videos I've done? Yeah, I've seen you, a few. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they all look like epic productions. But they're all done in my front room with green screen, and I edit them here in this studio. That stuff, I, lo- I just love being creative. So who knows where it'll lead? Yeah, telly's always a great thing, and I'd love to do more telly. Um, but I'm at a stage in my life now where it, if it comes along, great. I haven't stopped trying to make it happen, yeah. but I don't think I'm as crestfallen if things don't come off that I would have been 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm still ambitious, you know. I just, you know, I, I love doing these interviews. I don't know who's going to watch this, but if, if you're looking for someone to do a chat show, I am your man. Is that right? Yes. 
Good. Um, one final question, because I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. Um, All right, lover. Not, um, yeah. Um, what advice for people do you have wanting to get into the industry, into comedy, into panto? Whoa. The, the advice that I was given myself, first time I met my wife, <laughs> she said to me, those jokes you're doing, this is 1991, I met her. Those jokes you're doing, I said, yeah. Do you think they're funny? I said, well, not particularly. They're, um, they're what everyone does on the circuit. They're like standard cabaret gags, really. And she said, why don't you do the stuff that you find funny? And I thought, well, that's a bit weird. Okay, so anyway, I, I reinvented myself, basically. I became more physical. <clears throat> I watched the um, physical reactions and emotions of kids and put them into an adult body. That was how it started getting more frenetic. And I, I loved my Monty Python and the goons. So it all started, the surreal stuff that was inside, I started to pull it out. And my comedy became more organic to what I believed and the upshot is I didn't get any work for two years uh, all the the agents and that that's, it used to be a safe act you used to do stuff we know you'd always go well but anyway I got no work for two years but I kept on with it because I believed it was the right thing to do and then like the year after that I got the <clears throat> big big talent show with Jonathan Ross, Raw Variety, Des O'Connor, and all those things happened. And Des once said, introducing me on one of his shows, um, please do not adjust your sets. He really is like this. Yeah. And and that was one of the best intros I've ever had on television because it just said there's no one else like him. Mm. So although it was a bit of a rocky, my advice would be, although it's a bit of a rocky road. If you know you've done one style for a long time, and then you 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 come to your eureka moment and and capture yeah. what you really should be doing, if it doesn't work straight away, don't panic because you've yeah. got to stick. You got to stick with it. That's that's my advice. Just to pull yeah. the comedy from inside out. Don't, don't absorb and take in all the stuff that you find funny and make you laugh. Absorb that. But then mix it in with what you believe and present something that's totally you. I just want to go back quickly to um, obviously before your time when you worked with um, David Hasselhoff and Henry Winkler. Obviously, yeah. they're from a country where Panto is pretty much non existent. What yeah. was it like working with them two? Because did they sort of bring a different energy to a Panto that, that you've sort of not seen before? Did they just well, they David had done a couple before I worked with him, so he, he sort of started to get it a little bit. So the, the, the Britishness of it still mm. surprised him at times, but Henry had done it once before, um, and I don't think it was his best. Uh, I don't think he, en he enjoyed it as much as he should do. Yeah. And so it took a little while for Henry and I to really bond, mm. but by the end of the run i think we really felt each other's energy yeah. on stage i was uh, you know i was to be honest i was in awe of him as well because he's the fonz you know and i grew up watching that and now he's my mate 
and now he's delivering lines that I wrote. So it, it, it was all a bit weird, and luckily it was a six-week run, so it was plenty of time for us to really bond, and um, he's done other panto since. We, were, we both said that we'd love to work together again. He's, uh, he, he's a great guy, but um, <clears throat> yeah, there's so many. So Warwick Davis is an absolute joy to work with, Steve McFadden, all these wonderful people all bring something different to the table, and then yeah. you have to bring your what you do to the table and find out where they slot together, because it's no good doing that. The the styles have to merge, and whatever comes out of it is is what makes the show successful. Good, yeah. So, well, thank you for joining me. It's been very, thank you for sort of giving up your time to come and chat to me. It's very kind of you. Um, that's all right. I do waffle, by the way, Dom. That's fine. I've really enjoyed it. It's good to hear. You know, I'm, I'm a massive fan of people do people who do panto and things like that. So it's quite nice to sort of hear different people's stories and their experiences of the panto and how they got into the industry. Because obviously, I'm trying to get into it as well. But obviously, right. Well, good luck with that. Theatre's closed, and that is a bit difficult. So I've had a few moments where I'm like, is it going to go anywhere? And yeah, I auditioned for the North Pier panto in Blackpool last year. I had an audition for that. I was up for buttons and obviously didn't get that. But I was obviously, yeah, it was sort of trying to get into the industry and that in such an odd time with for the industry and that. It's a bit difficult. So hopefully I'll make it at some point. But yeah, thank you. Well, it, that, that's entirely down to you. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if you're, you know, we all get setbacks. I've had loads of setbacks. Mm. But I'm, I'm still, oh, no, I nearly yeah. Elton John to myself then. I'm still standing and I still love what I do. All the experiences, good and bad, never really stopped me from loving what I was put on this earth to do, which which is to entertain people. And, you know, I wake up every morning and I'm a comedian. How good is that? Yeah, good. Right, well, thank you for, once again, thank you for chatting me. Um, chatting to me hopefully i'll see you back on stage again soon it'd be nice to come and see you live um i hope so yeah i've seen your stuff on youtube and it's amazing so hopefully when you get back on stage i'll be able to come down and see you and actually do what see what you do best live um but take care of yourself thank you once again thank you for chatting to me and hopefully yeah i'll see you soon yeah hopefully. dom all the best thank with you. your career keep at it if, if you you know want any advice then yeah. give me a ring and i'll give you someone's number <laughs> <laughs> Take care, buddy. Okay. Lovely, lovely to chat. Yeah.